Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I mean, there still needs to be a tip-off, though, you know? What do you mean they used to be a tip off? Like the ref still needs to like, you know, throw the ball up in the air, you know, and then it's like, you know, game starts. Which I guess would be like Zoe Mama, I go Relentless. What up, Zoe? Relentless. What up, Zoe? Relentless. You know what it is. No, I can't. Relentless. You wanna be a fucking DJ so bad. No, I'm not I don't. I don't have that in me. No. I'm, and I'm the type of person, too, that wants to do everything. Like, I want to be a podcast rapper, actor, <laughs> make the Every money come faster. Rapper, I just, I <laughs> but, uh, see, it was, it, I was natural at it. But, um, yeah, man, look well, at us. It's just the two of us today. It's just the two of us today, eh? We haven't done a, an episode, just the two of us, since, like, the beginning of this season. It's been quite some time, Zoe. How do you feel about it? Um, Are you ready to grill each other? I'm ready to grill each other because I feel like... Are you ready to be vulnerable? I'm, I'm ready to be Are vulnerable. Are you ready to genuinely open up to our oh, audience? <laughs> yeah. Since you've been getting so many DMs from yeah. women since yeah. our TikTok blows up. Wow, now they're going to Almost stop. every episode. <laughs> they're going to stop DMing me now. And they DM you like, oh my God, I found you on TikTok on that podcast. I think you're so cute. So are you mm. excited for them to know the real you? You're such a hate. Why don't you want me to prosper? Why don't you like me to shine? Why do all my guy friends say that? All my guy friends think that I hate on them. Because you are. You're a hater. You do. I'm a hater. No, you're okay. You you be doing (laughs) hater tendencies with your guy friends. No, the fuck I don't. I'm sure there's plenty women. I'm that, sure there are plenty have, women who want to get in your pants. That have fallen through the cracks because of Dre, you know, and, you know. the Dre? Really, no, not because of Dre. I'm saying with Dre, you know. I, I could imagine. You I know? have never cock-blocked Dre in my life. As far as you know. I promise you I have as never cock-blocked you know. Dre. Dre is allowed to do what Dre wants to do. I just don't want to hear about it. I don't want to be involved. I hate when women talk about <laughs> Dre in a sexual manner because Dre is like my brother. Shout out to Dre, though. I'd, I'd love to have Dre back on. Dre will come back on. Really? Season three. Season three? Oh, or, yeah. yeah. We'll wrap up this season by the end of the year, and then we'll have the other light-skinned mm-hmm. man in my life who I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's the only one? And you. Okay. I have a few others, but those ones are different. Zoe's uh, biracial pals. Okay. Eh? You know what? Let's let's, 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 let's take off because yeah, I don't even want to yeah. get into this. No, 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 no. Um, ISO, ISO. You know, cl- but clear it out. <laughs> give me an applause. 
Yeah. Give oh, me an applause. I told you I was going to have it, and I don't, but it'll be here. Oh, my goodness. No, it's there. It's just you don't hear it right now. You know? Got it. Okay, you, you, well, you know? round of applause because for, for us, because yes. we finally passed 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yes, which means we are officially YouTube partners. Yep. Which means that we are getting paid for our content on YouTube, which I think is crazy. You get... You get paid to talk. I get paid. Yeah, we're slowly getting paid to talk, which I think is nuts. So, um, everyone who... just on the whole DMing me and girls and stuff, it isn't always salacious like that, too. There's There's been a handful of women that have messaged me just... Being like, yo, I love like what you guys do, you know? I love the dynamic you guys have. Mm. Zoe is like a great talker and stuff. Oh, so, so women talk about me and your dance? They do. Oh. Actually, this is a great this is this is a great segue. I'm glad this is why I said, you know, the Women be talking about me and your dance? No, 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 no. no. I'm just saying. Are you trying is, to have a threesome? No, this is why the ref <laughs> needed to throw the ball up, right? Okay. ISO, you know, clear it out, right? Okay, so you know, I um there's a lot of people in my life, friends close friends, mm-hmm. family, very close family members. Right. Girls I've dated, maybe talked to in the past. We have been doing this for over a year now, so mm-hmm. you know. Um, we've had we, we both had a lot of relationships over the last year. <laughs> have we? I think so. I have. I've had relations I, I, with, I, with quite quite a few uh I I've I, circled a few blocks. <laughs> I've uh <laughs> I've uh, had some new encounters, you know, I mean it's, it's been a long year. Well, you know, I can't exactly uh, relate to that. And we'll get into why you can't relate to that, but that'll be interesting. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. But like I said, there's a lot of people in my family. There's a lot of people that I'm friends with that when I started doing this, you know, I kind of said to you off camera, I didn't really, it was pandemic. It was full-fledged pandemic when this started. I didn't have um, a full-time job in my field. I wasn't really doing, I had my own podcast called Sunday's Best, um, you know, that wasn't doing so well, people weren't listening to. So I kind of, I wanted to do something that was visible. And, you know, we kind of had like, uh, whatever, at Cactus Club. And anyways, we started this podcast and I wasn't, we weren't making money like how we're making money now off Mm -hmm. rip, you know? And in order to get Relentless to be what it was, we had to go back and forth a lot. We had to talk about fonts and colors Mm -hmm. and logos and all these different things, right? Um, so there was a, it it took a considerable amount of effort on my end, right? There was a lot of things that I was doing and it was because I wanted to do it too. And because I knew who you were and I believed in you and I thought this could like really be something, right? Um, you let me, no, 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 I'm kidding. (laughs) Fuck off. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna get there. But, uh, you know, let me fast forward a little bit because we'd be doing this and mm-hmm. we're visible and people see our podcast and I'm in the industry of podcasting, you know, so uh, I, I also want to shout out to all the other like, you know, people who podcast, people who do this on a regularly because, you know, we're, not easy. we're a year and two seasons into this and yeah, it's, it's difficult. Even today, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like managing things. You came down here and, with the weather like that mm-hmm. and, you know, so there's a lot of things, um, a lot of people express things about this podcast to me, you know. And there's just one, there's a lot. There is so much people say about me, how much I exert with this. And it's a, you know, people have their, a lot of opinions mm-hmm. that they want to tell me in regards to that. And usually it doesn't, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know what we got here. I think I know what we got here better than you, to, to be honest. I think, you know, I, 
sometimes they say things to you like, you know, oh, we should uh, we should do a show. And you're kind of, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, nah, Zoe, I don't think you realize like these DMs, you know, like people love them some Zoe, you know, you're great at what you do. You're a great storyteller, you know, and I'm realizing, you know, some people don't exactly look at that. You know, uh, there's this whole what I want to talk about, you know, this whole labeling, you know, people kind of have expressed this to me as like, we're just talking shit. We just get up here and it's a talking shit podcast. You know, we talk about sex and, you know, whatever. And I don't know. It, that doesn't sit right with me. I think the notion of calling relentless, you know, a talking shit podcast. Um, Who says we talk shit? I don't, just, I'm just saying things that have been, like, expressed to me, you know? I feel like we do more than talk shit. Well, I think it really undermines, like, what we do here, you know? Like, I think... You know, we talk about a lot of salacious things. We talk about sex, um, you know, crazy stories and like what's going on with with, you know, in, in the media, you know, trending topics or whatever. But it's like the topics that we do, I'll say attack, you know, that we talk about colorism, misogyny, diaspora, diaspora, however you want to pronounce that, you know, um, we we attack those topics and it comes across as maybe talking shit. You know, we swear a lot. We say this and we say that. Um, and it can come across very easily like that. Like you're like, we're just talking shit. We just come up here and just let it fly. And it's like, I really don't, I don't like, I don't like that notion because it doesn't acknowledge what it, it, it also, it's like the point of this podcast too. You're a black woman. When a black woman is, vocal about her opinion, expresses herself unabashedly and is allowed, like, you know, make sure, and I'm not going to mince any words like the way you do. You're really, you're really good at that. You know, she gets labeled as this shit talker. She gets labeled I'm as labeled this, as that? Yeah. People are like, oh, you're a Twitter that. terrorist. You're the, I'm not saying, that hasn't been said to me. I've never oh. heard that phrase, but I'm like, just saying, you know. I didn't know news to me. You know, that, that, that girl Zoe, you know, she talks, yeah. you know, she's loud and everything. And it's like, for us to talk about the things that we talk about and tackle the topics that we do, you know, racism, misogyny, and all that, and for it to get labeled as talking shit, especially when we get these DMs and the outpouring of people, thank you for talking about that. Thank mm-hmm. you for saying things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just so undermines the space that we make for black people. And I can't fucking stress this enough, black women, right. you know, this is so important for black women, for their voices, for their you know, what they go through to be expressed. And because we mix in some swearing, some crazy stories or, or whatever, for it to be labeled as talking shit, we do talk shit. That's something that we do do. But to, to make that our identity and brand us that way really rubs me the wrong way because not only do we talk about those topics, like you attack them the way that you do and you're not scared. You're not scared to say people's names and stuff like that. And it, it really undermines that because not only are you just, you know, speaking your truth, you're really good at it too. And people enjoy hearing you speak about it. So it just, it really sells you short and undermines the value of the Relentless Diaries and what Zoe Smith is capable of doing when you she see my opens. Full gubby? Yeah, use your full, your, your full gubby. I know the whole thing too. She sends me e-transfers. Please stop it. Uh, but I'm just saying like, I, I, I can't stand that. Don't be telling me about no talking shit. Like, oh, that's all you guys do. Nah. We, the, the places that we go... Have a lot of people said this to you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, a lot of people. Like I said, fa- friends, family, close friends, close family. Oh. Girls that I've been interested in, girls that I've been talking to and stuff, you know, 
have have made a lot of remarks about it, and it's cool. You know, you can you can say whatever you want, and I know that she doesn't need the validation. Absolutely, like not. what someone says. I know you don't need that, but yeah. it's like, yo, don't don't fucking come with me about that. You know, don't tell me about Zoe. You know, Zoe, like. Don't, don't, don't be, and especially that label. You're not trying, you know, come out the side of your neck saying it like that, like, oh, you know, uh, it's just a talk of shit as if we're not serving a really important space for black women and black people and the stories that come along with it. And if we're being honest too, this is maybe the only talking shit part. Like, there isn't a whole lot of other places you're getting this. Right. From a black Toronto woman that's giving her truth, the way that she is attacking these topics. Sorry that it comes. Actually, no, I'm not. It may come across as talking shit to you. And if that is the case and you're not able to digest and get the perspectives that we offer here because of that, you know, um, format or the free flowing structure or the swearing or the lack of, you know, transitions and sound effects, that's that, that sucks, bro, because you're missing out, you know, and we do a lot here. Zoe is tremendously, exceptionally good at what she does. Don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to me about talking shit or that she's something like that. That's that's what I wanted to stop. Start with, uh, get the ball back to the point guard. We'll call a timeout. You know, we're gonna we're gonna well, yeah. reevaluate. Was that, was that your little rant? I mean, personally, no. It, like, it's something I've actually been harboring for a very long time. Mm. This has always been a constant thing. Right. You're still doing that relentless. You still, and I just want to say, like I've said, a lot of close friends, a lot of close family. Yeah. I'd say about ninety percent of them have changed their tune. Right. Most of them are like, a lot of people have said, I was wrong, you know. Right. A lot of people expressed to me, you know, I thought what you were doing there, you were just kind of, you know, on a wild goose chase there with your passion project. And that's not the case because right. we do something important here and it's only continuing to grow literally every single time you come in here and we start recording. So, you know. And I mean, if you have no haters, you're not popping, right? So, cheers. Uh, that's just unfortunate that it comes from people that are close to you because from my perspective, everyone that is close to me, um, and especially my family, have been extremely supportive of this podcast. Um, some people in my family, I actually think like one of my cousins is like the number one supporter. Her name is Tamara. I've actually never shouted her out here. She listens to every single episode that we post. Mm. She messages Shout me out to Tamara. every single Wednesday or Thursday that we post or every episode up, and she listens front to back. So, you know, she'll give her feedback and it's always positive. You know, I have my cousins and my, even my aunts and uncles, my mom, like they all know that I do this and mm. they know the trajectory of how much it's grown and they're super supportive of that. So that's unfortunate that the people close to you don't see that we're, what we're doing is important. They, they do now. I'm saying like right. probably 90% of the, and probably that 10% I'm not really as mm -hmm. close with or talking to anymore, but I'm just, and that's why I'm saying it's something that's been on my chest, something that mm -hmm. I've been harboring. That's why maybe some people who used to say that or think that will be like, why the fuck is he saying this right now? You mm -hmm. know, but it was just kind of like, no, I needed to express this. You need to get it off your chest. People needed to know, too. This is therapy. Yo, like, We're I, drinking wet wine. I swear to God, <laughs> I always believed in this before anybody else did. Right. Um, and I, I think that kind of includes you. No, you've definitely believed in this more than... Um, I have, and I feel like you still do believe in this more than I do, even though I see the numbers and, and I see people who steadily listen and want to listen and want new episodes mm -hmm. and give their feedback and message me. Um, people who I even like used to work with years ago have found this podcast and were like, bro, like I know you, but like you were made for this. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't need the validation. Mm -hmm. I know that I come here and I speak from my heart every single episode. And I know I speak truth every single episode. And I mm -hmm. have people close to me who I also feel like need a voice, a bigger voice if that. Yeah. So I have no regrets or I'm not here to validate anyone or appeal to anyone who doesn't understand where I'm coming from. 
I, th- I think it's simple as that. So, I mean, to me, it's like if you don't see what I'm doing and you think that what I'm doing is talking shit, then you're not my audience. Yeah, that's this isn't fine. for you. Yeah, And that's completely fine. But to undermine what I do as talking shit, I think that those people aren't even really listening to what we're saying. Yeah, and I, I think and that's, I think it's very ignorant. I think it's unfortunate too because you're really missing out. You're mm-hmm. you're missing out on some enlightenment, some nuanced perspectives that may save you some mental health or some time or some money in the future. You know. Well, think about it too, right? We have over five thousand people on TikTok. Yes. Who pressed follow? Who mm-hmm. we don't know because they want to see things that we talk about, right? We have yep. over a thousand people who press subscribe to our channel because they want to see every video we post. Mm-hmm. We have thousands of followers on Spotify and Apple and all that stuff because they want to hear every time we post what we talk about. So you, to me, you got to be doing more than talking shit. If that's the case. Exactly. Um, and I needed that to be clear yeah. as possible as day. So um, I told Zoe I wanted to play point guard off the tip off, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and that's good. But um, even with that, so last episode we had mm-hmm. another TikTok, and honestly, TikTok is um, I didn't believe in TikTok when it first came out. Me neither. Um, it Can, was super hard. Go ahead. Yeah, I just before we get into the TikTok thing too, because um, I in the way you're starting, I didn't really believe in it either, mm-hmm. especially for podcasting. Yeah, you know and. There's been few people that have helped me or given me game or advice on things. Um, and like literally very few people. I feel like I'd be on my own. Um, there was a guy that I was working with the last few months. Going to see him next month and everything. Uh, I want to shout, you know, my dude Marlon. Haven't seen you in a bit. Haven't seen you since your birthday and everything. We're, we're going to see Marlon soon. That's what I said. I'm going to see you next month. I'm going to see you next month, Marlon. Not to but, give away um, too much, but we'll see Marlon soon. But he was, but he was um, somebody who kind of was like, yo, you need to flood TikTok with clips from like your podcast. Um, so I want to... You know, give a shout out to Marlon Extra Gravy for that game. And just like, I don't know, people I feel like don't do that, you know. So I, I appreciate them. Also, the studio that we're in um, before their famous studio. Shout out to Michael McCrudden, you know, because he he listens to the podcast too. Really? He doesn't listen to it, but he's, he sees clips, he right, hears right. things, and he, he, he enjoys it. He... Can, he gets the value, even if, you know, and he's not somebody who's, this is for. This is not, he's not our target audience. Yeah, right. but, he, but he gets it and he he, he fucks with us. Um, and a lot of my, like, YouTube game from the thumbnails and everything uh, came from him. Um, maybe weird to side by side those two guys, but, you know, Marlon, Michael, shout out to y'all. And um, and Tresor. I want to I thank Tresor too, because he told Zoe that, Yo, you need to make TikTok, eh? You you need a TikTok. You haven't made a TikTok yet? We didn't have a TikTok account. Chasor came here and he said, yo, make a TikTok. And we made a TikTok. You listened to Chasor, you know? I did. I yeah, did. Yeah, you, you heard Chasor. And so, um, and he's just another guy that, um, you know, will always pull up and, like, you know, will engage with your shit and stuff. So, shout out to Chasor, Marlon, Michael. Appreciate y'all. Um, not too many people that are cool and helping give game and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I just wanted to shout out them. And shout yeah. out all the other Toronto podcasters. This shit ain't easy. Yeah, but um, like I was saying. Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's okay. But, yeah, so we had our other TikTok that sort of went viral. And I was giving my, if you listened last week, I was kind of giving um, my spiel about kind of my recent experience about being a black woman in, like, spaces where, you know, you're partying in Toronto or you're with 
you know, people of higher status or who have higher careers, whether that's athletes, celebrities, artists, whatever. Um, and then after we recorded that podcast and Nisa was on, yep. Nisa and I went out, right, to a bar in Toronto because my friend invited us, right? So it was fine. I went to the bar. Um, and then Nisa ran into a man that she knew. And, you know, she was like, oh, like, you know, we just got back from recording a podcast you know this is my friend um, mm -hmm. her name is zoe she's a podcast you know and one of the topics you're we talking about was going out in toronto and you know being a black woman and you know so i'm kind of having that that feeling of kind of not i don't want to say being an outcast but you know when people you feel othered sometimes you do feel othered right because she was seeing uh the venue that we were at kind of just the, the the contrast between the white girls in the party compared to the black girls in the party, right? So she was bringing that up to him. And then he made a comment saying, well, you know, that happens because a lot of guys feel that black women are unapproachable. Hmm. And I was like, well, why did, like, why do you feel that black women are unapproachable? And he goes, you know, hmm. well, in Toronto, you know, the Toronto guys are, you know how a lot of guys are in general. Um, they just feel like some guys want to approach black women, but they feel like black women are unapproachable. And to me, I, I hmm. and it's weird because I've been practicing myself not to get in defense mode. Yep. And I always get in defense mode yep. with that stuff, but I also don't want to feed into that stereotype of black women always in defense mode. So angry black woman. Yeah, initially, so. I wanted to go on defense mode with this guy. Yeah. But I say, you know what, Zoe, relax. You know, you're in a bar, you're in a public space, just chill. So I was like, well, why do you feel like that? Yeah. Because black women. I'm curious too, why? Yeah. Why would you think that? That's a thing. He's like, well, I don't think that. I just know that other guys think that, you know, white girls are easier to talk to. They're usually, okay. you know, more approachable. They're usually more friendly. And I was just like. I expressed something along those lines last episode. Not quite like that, though, you know. But it just does. This is something That notion just still does not make any sense to me. That black men still okay. think that black women are unapproachable. Like, what is so unapproachable about us? You know what, I, I, like what we're talking about, like what you're bringing up, what I think it is. Um, I think it's more about control, you know, I think in power. I think men feel like feeling uh, like they're in control and like they're powerful in a relationship, um, just men in general. And I think they kind of look at white women more submissively, like they won't challenge them as much. They feel like a, a white woman will shut up and kind of let them be how they be. You Just know? off rip even? I, I think they, I think even if you don't consciously think about this, it's like in their head subconsciously, in the back of their head. Like, you know, a black woman would keep you on point or would call sh certain things out with you, you know, um, mm. more than a white woman would. And right. power and control, you know? And I, I guess uh, that's the vibe that they get, you know? They, they, they couldn't, you know, manipulate or like tell a black girl what to do. So they yeah. feel like, oh, I can't approach this girl, you know? It's I mean, almost, that bothered me a little bit. It bothers me hearing it. It's almost, it, it feels like um, when guys say you're intimidating. Have you ever been told that? All I, the time. I'm sure you get told all that. The all the time I've been told that I was intimidating. <laughs> People tell me all the time that I'm intimidating and that when they first met me, they were scared of me and they didn't know how to talk to me. But it's like, I mean, I can have a natural resting bitch face. That's just, sometimes I have that, especially when I'm out. I can have like a natural messing because sometimes when I'm out, I'm just like, bro, like I'm annoyed. These bitches are annoying. Like it's hot in here. You know, I my see the feet tweet. hurt. I see the tweet saying a girl said, I have resting. Oh, so you talk to white girls face. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, it's you not even be. that, but it's even funny because last time I went out, literally uh, a few days ago or like the weekend that just passed, same thing. We went out with um, some guys or, you know, and we were going to another club a little bit later and just like all these I'll say 
non-black women were mm-hmm. just like pushing, pushing, pushing to get to the front, pushing, pushing, holding these guys' hands, grabbing them. And I'm not doing that. You know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. and my friend was like, I'm like, oh, like, come up here. I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm not coming up here. If I'm getting in, I'm getting in. If I'm not, I'm going the fuck home. And I did get in. That's fine. And then another guy was like, yo, why is your face like that? I'm like, bro, I'm like, because these girls are pushing me. They're stepping on my fucking feet. They're yelling in my ear. I'm fucking annoyed. That's what I mean. So and that's why my face is like and that. And they want you to be happy, you know? They want you to, they want you to feel like even like, oh, they're in my presence, you know? Like, and it, this is kind of why I think like the power and control, like they almost want, like a white girl would put on a show for that, you know? Be like, oh my God, you're this and yeah, so and like so Yeah, like I'm person, not hopping you know? on your back and yeah. holding your hand to walk into the club and pushing other girls to get in. Like, no. Um, also just on the intimidation thing, like I, I feel like, it's very like hand in hand the, these two things like oh black women are unapproachable or you know uh, that woman's intimidating. I think they really they they're meaning the same thing when they say it. It's what what, what they're saying like ladies. If a man says that you're intimidating, what he's saying is he doesn't have enough balls for you. Not even that. It's just what he normally does. He he feels like whatever he normally does to make a woman get attracted to him or to pull a woman, he feels like whatever he would normally do wouldn't work with you. So that's intimidating. That's scary to him. That's a mm. that's like challenging. You know, that's mm. what they mean. They, you're harder to pull. That's what they mean when you're intimidating. But harder to pull does not mean unapproachable, and harder to pull does not mean bitch or intimidating. Right. It just, I spent a long time trying to get it. Yeah, but I just think that <laughs> trying to like dumb it down to say that black women are unapproachable, like that is not is never gonna sit right with me. I think that's very stupid, especially for a black man to say. You must be like you must lack some confidence, like if that's how you feel. You know? And then what makes non-black women so approachable? That makes it easier to talk to them. Like, what is it? The submissiveness. Like you ever hear? Why- so they're just naturally submissive. Offer it. They just give this submissive aura. Is that what it is? I think it could be that because there are certain races, like I've heard white guys, the way they express about Asian women, you know, like how they say Asian women are so submissive. Uh, I have a coworker really? who kind of t- tells me this, you know, like when dudes have their Asian fetish and they approach you with it and stuff, they're, they're kind of like, oh, you know, so submissive and everything. Like that's, that's the allure, I feel like, for, I, I don't, you know, I, I think all women are beautiful. I don't, I, I think that's weird too. I think, I find power attractive. So the attraction from men... To women off rip is they is to gauge how submissive this woman can be. No, to. no, I'm not. I'm saying that is something that a, a lot of men and most a, a lot of men just find attractive. Submissiveness, power, and control. black women do not give Dom- off submissiveness. Well, they feel like a black woman. I I think, you know, I, I think they probably feel like that a black woman would try and control them. That's that's a notion I've heard, you know, that they feel like, oh, you know, she's going to try and tell me what to do or something. But I need to tell her what to do, you know, and they mm. might feel like there'll be a conflict there. It's giving bitch. Yeah. You know, like a lack of confidence. <laughs> like you said, just say you're a bitch. Nigga. Like, <laughs> it's giving bitch. And I don't know how I feel about that. And I don't think I just don't like it. I, like I, I, get I, said, told I that feel too. like I'm going to have plenty more stories now that, you know. Toronto's open and there's people to talk to and this podcast is getting bigger and people want to bring up topics when they see me in public but really I just feel like that's people want to talk about topics like do people oh you said this but yeah like yeah, I, yeah people are, all the time people come in oh like you said this in your podcast like blah blah, blah. like how do you feel about me and I'll same shit that I say on here I'm going to say in person yeah. like my my talk or my thoughts really haven't changed much unless 
someone opens a new can of worms in my brain, but that's why this works, by the way, too. The authenticity. You can't really put on a show. You can't fake shit. You right. can't, you know, um, and you're yourself all the time. I think a lot of people when the lights and the camera and everything and you press record, um, they can shift a little, especially yeah. if they know what they're saying is going to get put out there and people are going to start talking about it. Right. So, yeah. you know, that on that authenticity is, um, I think, a lot of why people return to listen and why people like you and like yeah. hearing you talk, you know? Yeah, Real. and even with, like... Real ass bitch, give a fuck about <laughs> it. <laughs> and even speaking about, like, even just, like, black women um, and, like, the the intimidating and, like, the... What's it called? The being unapproachable. Um, you know, Insecure is back. And that reminded me a little bit of Molly. Um, mm. Anyone who watches Insecure mm. doesn't watch, watch Insecure, um, you should watch it. If you're in Canada, it's on Crave. You can watch it because you have access to HBO. And if you're in the States, we have a lot of listeners in the States now. Um, 20 blood I feel like dollars. a lot. <laughs> I feel like a lot of black people, especially in the States, watch Insecure. Um, and now season five is back, which is the final season. And I feel like there's a lot of topics that have come up. But, you know, even Molly. Um, you think Molly is the example of this? Of, like, she gets, like, that angry black woman put on 100% her she does. I yeah. feel like Molly as a character in Insecure, she gets that kind of, like, unapproachable like strong black woman intimidating character uh, and i think that also plays a factor of why she can't hold relationships or find love the way she wants to because even now her character in season five is trying to be more vulnerable she's trying to be more relaxed more even when she sees that guy when she goes on a date i think it was like the season or episode two and like she waves really aggressively but then she kind of catches herself then she like waves a little bit softer on her yeah, blind date yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tell she's trying to change herself to be a softer woman, more approachable black woman, you know, maybe a more submissive black woman. And I understand, like, you know, I'm a person who in relationships that I've had, I realize changes I've had to make in myself or how I even come off to men. I understand, like I said, I'm trying not to be on defense mode a lot of the time, whether that's men or women or strangers. Um, but it's like, I also don't want to lose who I am. Yeah. Because I am a really strong woman. I am mm -hmm. very outspoken and articulate myself very well. So I'm not going to lose that just to make myself feel more approachable or to make a man feel that he can approach me you know what i mean because off rip i'm a very genuine and i think i'm a friendly person you know what i mean like I, i'm not a bitch like i even if a man approaches me even if i'm not interested i'll still like have a conversation or yeah. you know what i mean whatever the the case may be but that's such that's a just naturally how i am so oh. with that whole situation i feel like molly really embodies that character and it's weird now and i, I want to see how they're going to kind of evolve her character to end this season if she's really going to try to like change herself to be this more softer black woman um but even with like i don't want to talk too much about here i don't want to give away but one topic that kind of hit me um was when isa tries to move on from her last relationship with lawrence right mm -hmm. and a topic that i wanted to talk about was when you know when when do you know as a person when you're ready to move on from a breakup Right. Some people feel like, OK, well, it's when I find someone new and, you know, my, I get a distraction. Some people want to focus on themselves. Some people want a huge change. You know, when do you know what works for you to come out of a relationship and know it's you're going to move forward? Because for me, I feel like. Yeah. How do you know? So when I know. When do you it's know like, it's time? When, when do you know you're going to hook up with a guy and you're not going to start crying in the middle of it the way you know what? It? I've never. I've had that happen, by the way. A girl cried with you? Yeah, like that. Like, just oh. like, yeah. So that's yeah. never happened to me. So I've definitely had that, like, post-breakup sex with somebody else. I've never had the situation where, like, I cried during or whatever. But mm -hmm. I did have that, like, 
anxious feeling like before or even like during mm-hmm. that I don't know. I don't know if those men knew that I was anxious, but I do. Ha- I did have that like anxiety, like, you know what I mean? Of like being with someone else. Um, but like, especially if you've been with someone for a minute, like if you have yeah. a long relationship. And I've never ha- like, I'm, I'm only 25, right? Yeah. I've never really had a long term relationship. Like when I think of like long term, I think of like, you know, to me, my personal definition of long-term relationship is maybe like four, five years. Okay, yeah. You know, a year for me is nothing. Being with a guy for a year is absolutely... Like, you don't I, know who someone is after I don't think you know who someone okay. is after a year, you know. And I, two years is kind of like, okay, three, I guess three, maybe like three to five years is considered long-term for me. One to two years to me is like baby food. Yeah. That's just me personally. But if you haven't seen them like lose their phone, if you haven't seen them like when the internet isn't working, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, so like to me, I've never been in like a in that in my definition a long term relationship. I'm only 25. I haven't been in a long term relationship. Some people have. Some people have been with people since they were like teenagers or like their early 20s, and now they're Crazy. in their late 20s. I've never experienced Shout that. Shout out to y'all. Yeah, um, I've definitely had shorter relationships. You know what I mean? But like I said, year or under. But I've never had like a full long term relationship, which I think is completely fine. But um, when I know I'm ready, or even at like at the end of like talking stages or exclusive ones, when like it's ended, when I know I'm ready, is when I'm completely focused on myself, right? And I start thinking about that person less. Um, I try not to fill voids when a relationship ends because I've actually tried that and it never really works for me. Um, because I still have like those really raw feelings and I feel like if I just jump into something else, it's just me expelling those feelings elsewhere. I think a lot of people like develop really big problems with themselves by jumping too fast into something right. else, you know? Yeah. And with me, it's like whenever I like end a talking stage or I, I have like an actual breakup, I always try something new that's going to better myself. Right. So for me, I'll try like yoga. You know what I mean? That's I'll good. do like oh, spin class. I yeah. Like so like that's honestly, it's weird because a lot of the things that I got into. Good healing um, tactics. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the things that I got into. Take on something new. after. Yeah. Breakup. Was always after breakups. Like yeah. after I ended a situation that I was in where I thought it was really going to go somewhere and I really liked someone and it didn't work out. I picked up yoga and I started doing yoga and a situation happened and I picked up spin. I just picked up like self-care and I'm a very active person. So like self, self-care, self like active things that I like to do. So um, for me, that's how I know that I'm ready. But like in Issa's perspective and insecure, I feel like it's still really hard to gauge when you're ready until you meet someone new, right? Because she did all those things. Like she did. She started a company right? and everything and it's like And still she still wasn't mentally ready. But so that's five years they were, her and Lawrence were together It was for? a longer time, Ooh. right. So, like, for you, like, when, like, what is your notion when you feel like, okay, like, I, I'm over this person? You know, um, Some women think it's, like, when I'm disgusted by them. Someone, like, when I'm, when, once I'm disgusted by my ex, I know that I'm over him. When I, <laughs> I, if there's, like, a specific thing, I feel like when you're not checking their social media, you know, that's, like, a thing. But then it's also, like, mm. if you have the opportunity to check their social media, you didn't really set yourself up for success either way, you mm. know? I feel like you kind of got to. So you mean, like, you need to block your ex, is that a thing? Um, you Do you feel like you need to block them? Yeah, it doesn't have to be blocking, but like, yeah. But you unfollow. Sh- it should be out of sight, out of mind type thing. That, I, I don't follow any of my exes. None of them. Any I think, of my I exes only, I think or, two I only have, yeah. Or any man that Me, I've you. had like an actual, like I actually liked. Yeah. And it didn't work out. I, I, am, I don't follow them. For the most part, that's the same with me too. I just also think like for my personal experience, I think... Um, what has hindered me from, like, success? I, I think men struggle with this a lot more. Something just came out that said men are more heartbroken than women during a, during a breakup. But 
I think men tend to try and fill a void more than women, you know? Mm -hmm. I think women are way better at processing their emotions in that sense. That's so a fact. So we, we will try, we will jump into someone else or try, you know, having sex immediately after or something. Okay. And I, what I realized about myself personally from my own journey, like, um, that was sort of what I was doing. I was kind of a serial dater, you know? Mm. I felt like I wouldn't leave things... Um, like I wouldn't leave enough time in between things. So then you're bringing over baggage from like one thing to another thing. You're not even fully healed from one situation. You're trying to start another one, you know, you got to finish one candy bar before you open another one. Right. And uh, that is, I only like realized that like only recently, you know, um, just being in something and realizing, no, you should take time after, right. you know, um, some people I feel like just that's their natural thing. And then other people, you know, try and fill it with, with, like, like what you said, fill that void with something to do or, mm -hmm. you know, like a, a new hobby or something that you're working towards. Don't fill that void with another person. Yeah. You know? And when people talk about, you know, you have to learn how to love yourself before someone can love you Facts. and you need to focus on, like what, when people say that to me or people, I see people like, you know, put on social media, you know, people need to practice like self-care and self-love. It's like, to me, I'm always like, yo, what does that necessarily mean? And when I think of that, okay. like self-love and self-care, it's not... Some people think of it as like physical stuff, like, you know, like pampering yeah. or whatever. With me, it's more just like looking deeply at my flaws, I would say. And I consider that self-love. And You humble yourself? Yeah, I humble myself. A a some people, don't, some people really don't think that I do, but I do humble myself a lot. And I do look back at situations or uh, like ways that I would handle things or some ways that I've used to react to things. And I think that it's... um it was never good for me. And I think that's a big thing that has helped me during my time, like being single. And that's my definition of self-love is learning how to change myself and my thought on things. Because I used to be a very angry person sometimes. Like I said, I always used to be on defense mode. Um, I used to be like super prideful, like with almost anything when it came to like friendships, um, relationships. Like I would hate being the person to like text or send paragraphs or call you, you know what I mean? But I noticed that, and even if this is like between like family, friends, relationships, I know when something is bothering me that I need to do something to fix myself, right? Like even I had a friend, her and I fell out years ago over mm -hmm. some stupid ass shit, you know what I mean? And, you know, it, it was super dumb and we had a really good friendship and now we're friends again, but okay. we fell out years ago over some dumb ass shit and, you know, I've never spoken bad about her. Like I said, she was my friend. Never spoken bad about her and we just fell off. And then recently... um. I just felt like I was hearing stuff just about like how she was doing and how her life was going. And from our mutual friends, I said, you know, I'm like, let me just like reach out to her because mm. we had a great friendship and it was weird that the way it fell out that it did. And surprisingly, when I reached out and the thing is, but the old me would have never done that. I would have been like, that friendship is dead. Like I have no reason to talk to her. But like me, I'm like, let me reach out to her because I feel like you grew. I grew. Yep. And obviously I didn't see things the way she saw things at that time. And let me put my pride aside and reach out to her. Usually mm. the old me would have been like, she better reach out to me if she wants to talk to me. Yeah. But I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm like, fuck, I'm like, and when people were talking about like how good she was doing, it was sitting on my mind and it, it wasn't bothering me. I was like, damn, I'm like, I really wish I could congratulate her on this. I really wish that I could let her know that I'm proud of her, even though we aren't friends anymore. But I knew during that time that we were friends, she was working on this. Um, so I did reach out to her and surprisingly, she took it really well. You know, she wanted to reach out to me too. And now we're friends again and we talk like all the time. So with that, one thing I learned about myself and I consider that self-love is that I had to learn to put my pride aside and I had to learn to really break down this wall of feeling that I was always better than people and I was better than Damn. situations and I shouldn't 
be the one to reach out to people and I shouldn't be the one to apologize because I did nothing wrong or I didn't start it. But I know even if I didn't start something, if a situation is genuinely bothering me to the point where it's on my mind all the time, like, you know, I'm constantly thinking about it, then I'm going to reach out and fix it for my own healing. It's not about, to me, it's not about giving that person validation of, okay, well, Zoe reached out. So she wants, it's more of just like, no, this is bothering me. This is deeper than me and you. This is literally fucking me up. Mm -hmm. So I have to say something, even with old relationships, like, like now, like whenever a man pisses me off or like, I feel upset, like I'll be the first person to send you a paragraph or let you know exactly how I feel. You express it. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Before I would just be like, you know, like whatever, like K like block, whatever, whatever. I will let you know exactly how I feel because I need to get it off my chest and you can take it however you want to, but that's something that I need to do as a person. And then to me, that is considered self-love and growth. And I do that with my friendships, my family, everyone. But I, and my family, a lot of people in my family are super prideful. We're like, they won't apologize. They never see the wrong that they do. They can't have conversations. And I feel like that really rubbed off on me in the wrong way. And I had to break that. I don't want to call it a curse, but I had to break that tendency that I've learned and I've seen from adults in my family to really be like, yo, this is not healthy. This is not something that you want to do. Because, like, at the end of the day, people, those people are miserable, right? Like, mm. people in my family or friends that I have, they're miserable from the way that they live, that you can't pick up the phone and call someone because you're upset because of a situation that happened. So I'm really one of the person who I really had to, like, dig deep and unlearn that. Wow. But I think d- digging deep and unlearning those things that are, that are harboring your relationships is a part of self-love. Some people say, oh, you got to love yourself first. It's really just, it's growing and acknowledging that growth within yourself, which is something that I've had to do. On your situation, th- thank you for expressing that. That was great. Because um, also, <laughs> you, you said Not to- Not to get too sappy. Maybe people don't know this about me. That That's like, you know, you come off very confident, you yeah. know? So like you saying, you know, like, yo, I check myself sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think is great. I, I just think that's, that's incredible. Was there a moment, was there like a specific incident where it you were confronted with that or was it kind of over like a gradual period of time you think when i was confronted with like you were like i need to you know yeah it it was a situation that i had um and you know it it was really eating me up to put where like you know like i I would think about it all day and it was a, a situation with a person that really bothered me and i couldn't shake the feeling and i was like yo i don't know what to do to like like just yeah. like heal from this and to me it was like bro I'm like you need to say something you need to talk because if you don't talk and talking to other people wasn't helping and i really had to go to that person and be like hey like this is exactly what happened and i'm coming to you as whoever i am to you and just letting you know that you know this is how i feel and i, I want to fix things or whatever so when i felt how hor- how much of an effect that situation had on me i knew i couldn't be that prideful person anymore Hmm. Right. And I look, I've been that way since I was a kid. Like you have my family, like shit would blow up and I would completely like shut down, not talk to you. I don't need nobody. I cut people off. I don't need to talk anything. I don't, I don't need to talk things through. That's not my thing. I don't talk things through. You know what I mean? I leave situations at the end and I move, but I can't, that to me is not healthy. I can talk it out and then completely leave you alone. That's fine. But we're going to talk it out. You know, I think a lot of the reason how you, you've, develop that very mature way of like, you know, expressing yourself and communicating, I think kind of has to do with something you just said there, like from a young age, and I don't want to really push on, you know, no, things, you can, that, you can do. <laughs> things that happened with you when you were younger and experiences, you know, that, you know, fast track that type of thinking and having yeah. that perspective, you know, I, I think it's so beautiful because like that, I, I feel like it's like a point A, B and C mm-hmm. in order C being like, 
your uh, your your friend that you wanted to check in on and you you did, you know, in order to be the type of person to like have that maturation to, you know, look over overlook, you know, be the bigger person essentially mm-hmm. in that you had to do that self care, you know, right. you needed to have those moments like when you were younger in order to be the type of person that could, you know, rekindle a relationship that was meaningful, right, you know, knowing like, no, nah, this is like, I was wrong here. I did this, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I think, I think that's something that most people lack. I, I think it's probably the biggest problem ever. <laughs> yeah. And Not ever, but like if even most with people that did friend, that. Even with that friend, like, you know, even though like her and I are, we're friends now, we're in like a much better place. And like, you know, I can kind of like, I can confide in her. She can confide in me after we've had years of not speaking. Um, her and I really have to sit down and like go through, okay, like this is what happened. This was the demise of our friendship. And I felt like this at this time. And I felt like this at this time. You know, we actually sat down and had the conversation just one-on-one. Because even though it's okay to just jump back into a friendship, but I think we both had just stuff we wanted to say. And it wasn't even like a way of like malice or like, I want you to know what you did. It's more just like, okay, like yeah. let's just let's just talk it out because we went through that rough patch. You know what I mean? We're not going to ignore, we're not going to sweep it under the rug. That's something that we went through. We had a great friendship and it ended and now we're back. But let's just debrief on how, you know, how immature we were or how we felt in situations and we'll just recognize that. You know what I mean? That the, I think that's important also for healing and that's important for her and my healing as we move forward in our friendship. Yeah, I was going right? to say, this is just like a, a great example yeah. of healing, a very good full circle. You and know? I don't think that's ABC. necessary. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessary for every situation. Like there are some situations where I'm like, I don't think I need to rehash that. And the reason why is because I don't have that feeling where it's bothering me. Remember the first time I said the reason why I learned that is because that situation was bothering me? Yeah. Some situations genuinely don't bother me. Yeah. Like, I can fall out with You'd a friend. you be unbothered, yeah. Yeah, so I, when, that's why I know, so, okay, like, maybe I don't need to rehash this because I'm living completely fine. Mm-hmm. But that's when, so say, example, I could be living completely fine, but the other person's situation can't be, but that person's probably too prideful to reach out to me. Because that person hasn't done the self-care stuff to be able exactly. to process their Or emotions. maybe they have and they don't care and we're just going our separate ways, right? But you never really know. But sometimes I can honestly say that if I don't express myself to you, and you feel like we're in a rough patch, it's either we're not in a rough patch on my end or we are and I acknowledge it, but it's not bothering me enough to reach out to you. I've been that person. And yeah. I I think I still am like unlearning and healing from like having those types of tendencies. Even the way we fucking started today. I've been thinking that since season one, bro. Like right, I've right. been feeling that. Like I'd be editing thinking of that kind of stuff, you know, about like what people say and everything. And it's like, I'm even feeling like right now just... I should have said that shit. I should have been said that, you know, I should have done that a long time ago. And I feel like this is a, this is a process. I feel like I'm a little farther behind, you know, Mm -hmm. with, uh, than like what you're saying. Cause, um, I've definitely had those moments where I was like, okay, I need to, I need to be better at healing. I think Mm -hmm. men in general, you know, struggle with healing. Well, isn't it men, men's mental health awareness month? Is it? I think so. Everyone's been posting about it. I'm pretty sure it is. It for sure is. It's men's, it's men's mental health, uh, awareness month, November. Scorpio season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny how it falls in Scorpio season. Um, no. I think men also need to, I feel a lot of men sometimes hold grudges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like there's that saying where it's like holding a grudge is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die from it. Yeah. And living. that's a huge, when I read that call, I'm like, damn, like that's literally a life I was living where I would hold grudges and I would be too prideful to fix anything. And I would literally just be like, it was affecting me mentally, physically, like it, it has you down bad. So until you can realize that you're all you're you're always going to be putting yourself into the ground. Facts. At least for me. And that was a huge thing for me. It's a good thing that you have that presence of mind to do that. A lot of people have these experiences and go backwards, you know, mm-hmm. and they develop into shitty people. Yeah. 
Um, I don't want to be a shitty person. No, me neither. <laughs> and you're not a shitty person. You're a great person. So. Oh, thanks. Uh, um, but no, I definitely had those moments of like knowing when I should like that I should heal and stuff like that. Like I've I've been kicked in the face with that <laughs> right. type of realization. Yeah. You know where Do you consider yourself a, a vulnerable man. Um. And I don't want people to to misconstrue vulnerability with like being a bitch or like being. Thanks, so. though. Oh, that's I mean? good. Look at I you doing like, your due diligence. Whatever. But <laughs> I think Making this a safe space. Do you consider yourself like a, a vulnerable man where you feel like you can be vulnerable with whether it's your family, your friends, a woman your relationship with? Like, do you consider yourself to be vulnerable? And do you think like vulnerability is something that is a negative notion when it comes to men or women? Um, I think vulnerability, yeah, I think I think it is considered like as a weakness. The second part that you said, absolutely. I think it's looked at like that. Um, in a general sense, I don't think every person, I think mostly men perpetuate this, but I don't think everybody thinks that. I think there um, are men that have nuanced perspectives on, on vulnerability, especially with women that really value that. But I also think, um, I think there's a lot of poppy show for that type of stuff too. I think mm. there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people putting hashtag men's mental health awareness month or, you know, you got to let them talk or, you know, this, and then it's not really... Um, you, you interacted with, sorry, before I actually get there, you, you asked, what was the first question? Do I consider myself a vulnerable yeah. man? Yeah. Um, I think I have like, I feel like somebody may consider me that, but I don't think so. I feel like there's a lot of things that I don't express that I probably should. Well, it's not about what other people think. Do you I think? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think you may get different answers depending on how you act. I don't think so because I think there's probably a lot of things that I should be more vulnerable, vulnerable about. Like um, what? Um, not to pry. No, like when I like, 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 I don't know, I used the example already, but just like when things bother me, I'm really good at like, avoiding, I, I've trained myself to become good at avoiding arguments. And it's just like letting, you know, being the bigger person and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's definitely more instances where I gotta like, exp and I, I don't know, I hate, I, you know what it is? Think I think too, I hate, um, or I used to be fearful of like being labeled the bad guy or something like that, you know? So By being I, vulnerable? N uh, yeah, that can be, you could, you, that could happen through being vulnerable. If you really express something that's raw or maybe even like, you know, very like serious emotion or something that you're feeling, you express, you're vulnerable about it. Um, yeah. Hmm. There's also like another conversation about vulnerability that's going on. Like people saying like vulnerability is synonymous with the word weakness, right? I don't think so, but some people, a lot of people do view it that way. People view it that way, but dictionary-wise, which is why I think something like that, like the dictionary doesn't really do justice. Like if you look up racism in the dictionary, it'll say like, oh, just prejudice against someone who's right. a different race, when really racism's a lot deeper than that, right? Right, right. Um, vulnerability, though, is synonymous with weakness, so I think a lot of guys run with that, you know? Mm. Which I think... There's a there, there's something to be said that uh, it, it's vulnerability is somewhere where you're it's it, it's a weak space it's a chink in the armor that they kind of think about it but it's like how could vulnerability be a weakness when it's what strengthens relationships you know exactly um, so I think it's more that perspective that that nuanced one that I'm sort of rolling with more so that like vulnerability uh, even though it's looked at as like a weakness. You can't be strong without it, you know? Someone who That's was strong, true. someone who was strong was very vulnerable at one point. Yeah. Or uh, knows how to express their vulnerability. You asked something else, though, that I didn't. Um, no, 
I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I think vulnerability is underrated, and I think you know. Yeah, this is what I wanted to say. Yeah, you interacted with a tweet I think yesterday or maybe the day before, and if if the person who's you know made this tweet is listening, I totally understand that it was said in jest or whatever. But this girl said something along the lines of, "Oh, you know, when you have your dick point appointment, come over," and then he just starts venting and starts crying <laughs> or something, and <laughs> yeah. you're like, "What the fuck? I just want dick or something like yeah, that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, while that's like a funny tweet or you know, like yeah. a, a joke or something like that, I think there's like a lot of men that feel like they can't be vulnerable. You know, and 100%. I think that that that's something that I resonate with for something like that. You know, mm. I think um, a lot of men who look at vulnerability as weakness had a moment where they were vulnerable to maybe a woman or something, and it had like a really bad experience or something. Right. You know, and now they look at it as like, hey, when I was vulnerable, this happened. You know, mm, so right. I can't be vulnerable I keep anymore. Keep these walls up. Yeah. Yeah. I think we you know, we tend to do that as. Yeah, and I also feel like from a woman's perspective, I definitely feel like, and it's happened to me. Do you too. think vulnerability is weak? You know, do you um, like do you value that? You want vulnerable men? I want vulnerable men, yes, but I also feel like vulnerability isn't weak because it takes a lot of mental strength to be vulnerable. Yeah, right. It's it's sort of easy to build walls up because I've been there. It's super easy to have a walled up. It's super easy to build a wall, right? <laughs> That is not a gunshot. Moment. I think so. No, I no, I, I fuck with that. No, 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 no. it's easy. Look, people think they're so tough by being. Yeah, it's Fort super Knox, easy you know? to be closed off. It's super easy to to put your walls up and you know and and not show emotions and you know, but to be vulnerable that takes a different type of mental strength, a different type of mental strength. So if you can tap into that strength to be vulnerable with someone you're way stronger than anyone else who can't do that. Yeah. Right? So that's what I've learned about vulnerability. Um, am I vulnerable with everyone? Absolutely not. That's another thing too. But can I be vulnerable with people that I trust all the time? That's the thing too, you know? Sometimes you're vulnerable with the wrong people. 100%. <laughs> you know? And I feel like when it comes to vulnerability, you have to learn who you can be vulnerable around. And you have to learn that vulnerability is not... I think if someone called, comes to you and they're vulnerable, it's a privilege. I feel like if my friend can come to me and be vulnerable or if my, my romantic partner can come to me and be vulnerable, that's a privilege that you trust me enough to let your guard down with me, right? And mm -hmm. be vulnerable. But not everyone deserves that privilege. Yes. And I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. where the weakness comes from, right? is you cannot be vulnerable with everybody. Not every, because vulnerability to me is a strength, not everyone deserves to see how strong you are to be vulnerable with them. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable with people that you trust. Okay. And I think the reason why it gets synonymous is with weakness is because people are vulnerable with the wrong people and get that negative reaction, right? But the people that I've been vulnerable with have always been people to uplift me or listen or understand or support me and help me. Okay. So like that tweet I'm kind of referencing, you right. know, is that because I, I do feel like there's that man in that tweet was definitely vulnerable to the wrong person. To the wrong person? Okay. He gave okay. that privilege because whoever that was who, you know, made that tweet didn't feel that they didn't. Really, I don't know. I'd accept, I don't really know, but they didn't deserve that privilege. Can I ask, though, because I just feel like that that tweet that we said is something I feel in here a lot. Like, it's almost like that's definitely something I felt that as if that we can't be vulnerable as if it's like really looked at as like unattractive. So like, I want to, like, 
you know, be honest. Like, is there times, though, like when you're with a guy or something, and you see him, you know, express some sort of like, you know, emotion or something like that. He expresses something bothered him. Um, can't can't that make you look at him different? It can depends it on my him? relationship with them. Okay. You know what I mean? Like a man who I'm trying to grow with and who I've been open, vulnerable with and who I have like, you know, like a deep connection with, whether that's friendship or romantically. Um I take their vulnerability as, like I said, it's a privilege that you feel that you can open up to me. But there's certain times where it might be a man that maybe I don't really know that well, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's coming a little bit too strong. Like, you know, I would never negatively negatively react, but it will be something that's kind of like, I don't think I'm the person you should be talking to about this. Yeah. And I feel like it's hard to express that. But like I said, it's all about knowing who you can be vulnerable with. And sometimes, like I said, some people have a very difficult time gauging that. Yeah. But I do think it's like, I've had that, I've definitely had a multiple where I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not the person you should be really um, being vulnerable with, but maybe you don't have anyone to be vulnerable with. So I'm kind of like, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm happy that I have this privilege, but I don't think it's necessarily for yeah. me. But I would never clown someone for that. It always, I definitely do have those thoughts. Yo, it's hard to express what you just said and it not come across as clowning, though, bro. Yeah. You know, it's hard well, to say me, that. I'm always like, well, like, have you expressed this to someone else? Have you told you know? them? Have you? Yeah. Have you told them? I expressed it to someone else. Like, do you talk about this with people and just kind of gauge it from there? Um, but I would never be like, oh, nigga, you so waste for expressing how vulnerable or whatever you went through. Like, I feel like that's just... That's not okay. That's good to know because I feel like there's a lot of dudes that are fearing that, you know? Oh, for sure. And a lot of women who feel that, right? A lot of women feel like vulnerability with them is going to be used against them, right? A lot of women feel like when they're vulnerable, men will either manipulate that or then see them as weak or then use that and try to play them even more. You know, when when I was listening to this one podcast that was talking about vulnerability, I kind of came across this thought that sounded profound and like why women are so much better with vulnerability than men. Um, But I was just thinking how being a woman is almost inherently vulnerable. Like you're almost inherently vulnerable. Right. Being a woman. Follow, stay with me. (laughs) Because men exist, you know? Right. Yeah. Like you're, as soon as you are born, you're vulnerable just because patriarchy and men are yeah. shitty and stuff like that so it's like uh I, I i think that's why it's it's a familiar space vulnerability mm-hmm. for women that's why that's why women relationships are so much better they talk things like what you just said about your friend like even like having that like you fall out years later you grow as a person like two dudes would never have that would be so like rare to hear about really you know? yeah yeah because because we're not vulnerable with each other yeah, we're yeah. scared of that shit yeah yeah, yeah. Facts. yeah it's just like yeah, vulnerability, it's so difficult. But like, even as, but another thing that women need to know, or I think, I just feel like this is, this is my opinion. When you are vulnerable with a man or whoever you are interested in, um, if you're vulnerable with someone romantically, you can't always expect your vulnerability to come with the reaction that you want. Right, I feel That's like a, a lot of women look at vulnerability and be like, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable with him and he's going to look at me differently and we're going to work on things and everything's going to be great. That's not always the case. You Vulnerability has to be a release. A lot of things, and I'm I'm sort of a bit of like a selfish, I look at things selfishly a lot because I, like I, I believe in like yourself and self-healing. Vulnerability has to be a release for you. It has to feel like a relief for you to someone that you trust, right? So... <laughs> 
Now you taking off your dude. Now you taking. Am I spitting facts? Why are you taking off your dude? Keep going. You just wanted to show off your waves. Fuck out of here. What do you mean show my waves? No fresh cut. I don't look good. Anyways, I feel like vulnerability, (laughs) vulnerability has to be a release for you. Right? A lot of people force themselves to be vulnerable because they want a certain reaction to come from it, right? And when that reaction doesn't come, or when, sorry, that outcome, it's the outcome that gets people. So when people are vulnerable and they they don't get the outcome that they expected from their vulnerability, they shut down again. You have to learn to push past that because you have to look at vulnerability as something that's a release from yourself, not something that you're going to be vulnerable because you want this outcome to come. You're going to be vulnerable because you want him to see you differently. You want to be vulnerable because you want your relationship to to blossom in a different way. No, it has to be for you. Can you? And if the outcome is different, you know, it may not be what you want at first. Zoe, can you just for two seconds... Get off my neck. <laughs> Can you get the fuck off my neck, man? Like, yeah, but the thing is, like, you can't, I, with me, it's like, I can't be vulnerable and expect, okay, well, I'm going to be vulnerable and he's going to see me like this and he's going to fall in love with me again. And it's going to be a big kumbaya. I never knew you felt that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Can, it can't always can't be like that. that. You can't always expect that. And that's when I think where women get back in that circle. But, okay, I was vulnerable. It didn't go well. He didn't take it well. He didn't come back or whatever. Now I'm going to shut down again with the next man. I'm going to shut down again with the man after that. You know, it's a vicious circle. But when you look at vulnerability as something that's selfishly for yourself and it's your mental release and it's a relief for you, then it's more or easy to be vulnerable with the people that you trust. I got my ass beat with this. Did you? Yeah, I got my ass beat with this. Because you're vulnerable with too many people. Mm. Or people that necessarily didn't have, shouldn't have had that privilege of you being vulnerable with them. That's true, too. Two right. things can be true. Yeah. But um, I think... Uh, like what you're saying, um, you you need to be vulnerable for you. You know, mm-hmm. you it can't be for someone or something else. Mm-hmm. And I think that starts with self care. You know, I had a situation where I was, you know, with somebody, and maybe my self care practices um, weren't great, and my sense of vulnerability weren't great. You know, this person felt like they didn't know enough about me or have Mm. a good feel for like who I was Mm. you know and that was clearly expressed to me you know they were kind of like yo I I don't I know I know nothing about you I feel like I don't know who you are you know and Mm -hmm. it's been however long you know so then I was kind of like oh you want you know you want vulnerability all right let me let me be vulnerable you know let me tell you like what bothers me you know like let me let 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 me tell you what can hurt me Mm -hmm. vulnerabilities right and I expressed it. Maybe, you know, maybe I put too much of it forward or something. Maybe it was all at once. But then, you know, after I had made a clear expression of, you know, this is where I'm at with self-care and vulnerability and why. And, you know, I'm like this. You know, I kind of got like, oh, I didn't know it was to that extent. Mm. You know? And I was hope you know, and I, I was thinking like, okay, I'm vulnerable. This is what you want. I'm giving, you know, and, and you know, this this should be successful this should help their relationship you know and it kind of um it was the end of it you know Mm. it was it was like yo all right you were vulnerable now I know why you're not vulnerable and it's like because of your self-care you don't and the reason you're only being vulnerable and the reason that you have all this newfound sense of self-care is because of me and this relationship and you can't 
do those things. You can't be vulnerable. You can't, you know, have a strong sense of self-care just for the sake of a relationship. It needs no. to be for the sake of you, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what beat my ass, you know? I yeah. got, I, it was a hard co- confrontation. You know, someone um, that you're with that you're really interested in, you like, and it's like, no, you need to be better at self-care. You need to know how to take care of yourself better before, you know, this can be a relationship. How can you have a successful relationship if you don't take care of yourself properly? Right. You know? That's what happened to me, and, you know, and I react, and my reaction to that was different than what it normally would. Maybe mm-hmm. my normal reaction would be to fill that void with something, mm-hmm. or to quickly go off with someone or something else, you know, yeah. or some, someone else. We established that something is better than someone for yeah. filling the void. But um, that's what I did, and I, I took a uh, considerable amount of time for that, for that self-care, um, still on that process of self-care and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, you want to uh, inquire? <laughs> well, yes, because you mentioned something to me at our last recording, but you mentioned it off air. And when you told me, I was like, whoa, I was very shocked. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. Because Why I don't were you think, shocked? Because, well, do you want to? I've expressed this to other do you people. Wanna, do you want to thing? let the audience know what you expressed to me that made me shocked? Well, I expressed to Zoe um, at the end of the last recording, I, and to Nisa, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah sh- I think you told finishing. both of us. Yeah, I, I was telling Zoe how I haven't had sex in a year. <laughs> that I've been celibate. Now I didn't do the gunshot. That was a good gunshot moment. Oh, uh, was it? <laughs> like Zoe, mama, I go relentless. What up, Zoe? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, last episode, I kind of... Express that I, I did express that to you. You told me that you hadn't had sex since your last relationship, which was over three hundred. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, sorry, I didn't. No, I didn't no, 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 to go there. no, that's fine. But um, anyways, point. Well, I feel like if they listen, if she listens, she'll know that it's been a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. But point is, everyone has a calendar. The <laughs> <laughs> well, point is, you haven't had sex in. Over over the did it hit three sixty five or is it over three sixty five? Three eighty four. Oh my god! I'm joking. Actually, I don't oh, care. Oh, I don't. Oh, I, don't oh. I have no idea. What yeah, yeah. But days. okay. But did it pass three sixty five? Yeah, it's over three sixty five. Yeah. Okay. So how? Okay. That, how is that for you? Like one is that it? Okay. My first question is: Was that a choice for you, or was that? This is like me, when men like. It's weird because I've actually never had a man tell me that he's been this yeah. long without sex. Yeah. So to me, men going. A whole year without sex is is very foreign to me. I've never heard that from the men that I know or that I've spoken to. I've never heard a man say, "Yeah, I've been, I've gone a whole year without me, sex." Me, me too. <laughs> it's oh a, yeah, it's so, unco- Yeah, it, it's it's very so uncommon. W- where did that come from? The like very like, few people I have told this to have like a very simple expression. I'm like, what? There are men. I had that expression. I was like, bro, I'm like, there's men who who practice celibacy for that long or who don't want. I don't, th- yeah, but I don't think it started that way either, though, you know? Okay, so how did it start? Um, it started from me, like, recognizing that trend of, like, hey, when something ends for me, I usually fill that void very yeah, quickly. Yeah, because you mentioned you were a serial dater. <laughs> Fuck, get off my neck. That's what you said. I know, That's I know. I, I know it is what I said. Oh, okay. I know. It just, um, I, yeah, I didn't, it didn't start, like, I didn't, it didn't end, and I was like, hey, I'm going to not have sex for a year, you know? I was kind of like, all right, I need to take time. That is what I need to do i need to figure out a better sense of self-care so that i'm better at being vulnerable and that strengthens the relationship instead of you know weakening it or it's 
not something that I put off for months. And you months. think celibacy has helped that? No. Well, well, <laughs> well <laughs> I'm saying how I got to celibacy. Okay. So I, um, I was kind of like, yeah, I need to take time. I need to be single. I need to not talk to anybody. I need mm-hmm. to kind of focus on my own thing. And when I did that, I the podcast went up. I got a job in my field. Um, I changed my living situation. Um, 365 days from whenever that was, the last time I had sex, I didn't have a full-time job. I didn't have a podcast that made money. Um, I didn't have any of those things. So when I, even though I think there's still so much that I need to know and like could be better at and stuff, um, I accomplished more in that last year. Being sexless. Yeah. Okay. For myself, yeah. Look at it. So do you feel like it's more of like, I don't want to say like, not the word faith, but do you feel like it's more of like a universe thing? Okay, like I stopped having sex and I focused on myself and all these good things are happening to me. Yeah, because like, I I feel like the first few months were not conscientious, you know? Mm. They were just kind of like, it kind of got to a point where I was curving so much and saying no. And then I kind of have like, it was like, like, I don't know. Yeah, like a male, like internal, like, doppelganger evil you know and it's yeah. like, it's like Yo, you should be fucking all these girls you know what the hell is wrong with you and it's like <laughs> I, I that's not how i feel i don't want to do that i'm having yeah. it's being presented to me it's being thrown and catapulted at me and it's yeah. like this isn't what i want to do i'd prefer not i if i were to do that if i were to have sex with this girl that's throwing herself at me yeah I, i'd be worsening the situation i don't want to do that um, but then I, like, and then after a few months, and then I'm thinking like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why? Yeah. I don't want to have sex. Like, yo, you, you good? Like, yeah, yeah. and then, um, I don't want to make it sound like it was like, like I didn't DM or talk to anybody for like yeah. a year. Cause I did, I did, um, have a moment probably around the halfway seven month, eight month mark where I'm like, okay, yo, like you need to make sure you're normal. And I did go on a date and, yeah. and it went well. It was good. Like I, do I know her? No, I don't know. Absolutely not. Uh, no, you don't. Okay. There. So. Don't <laughs> me. So. Anyways, go ahead. Um. Yeah. So then I. So then I had this kind of like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you okay? Like, and then I went on a date and everything was normal, and I'm like, okay, no, I still know how to do all I this. Still know this how is, to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was kind of like, but do you want to go on more dates? And I didn't feel compelled. It was only to make sure I was still normal. So you use that girl? No, 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 Hey! It wasn't, no. <laughs> this is why, so. I mean, I that's what it sounded like. No, because I was interested in her. So what happened? You're just not ready. No, I didn't. You were Issa. You cried. I didn't cry. I know you didn't cry. I'm being, like, metaphorically, you realized that you weren't ready yet. No, because actually, like, thinking back, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, actually, so, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I didn't cry or anything, but I'm it was always, definitely, I'm like. right. I definitely was on this date and was like, this woman's great. You know, it was cool. Like this could be something more, but it was kind of like, no, nah, there's more work to be done on my on end before I could even, you know, you know, endeavor further. Right. And that's um, a strength. Yeah. And, and I still, and don't get me wrong. I still could have had sex, you know, I still could have made that happen. But, um, I don't know. At this point I've like, fuck, I'm doing a podcast about it. This sucks. I mean, Why? <laughs> I mean, I we have like this is the whole like right. It's men's mental health month. Get it off your chest. Uh, yeah, right. And like I said, I accomplished more in that year than I ever have 
ever at anything ever, you know, I, yeah. and people don't know, I started, I've done like a handful of podcasts before this podcast that never worked, you know, that's right. what I'm saying. Um, and uh, I just feel like that stress of a partner or someone you're seeing or something is just not what I want right now. Like I'm mm. working on me um, and I feel like I wouldn't be a good partner until a significant amount of that work is done, you know? That's how I feel, like, truthfully. Interesting. So I think that goes, like, with what you said. I feel like I, I'm not ready. Yeah. And that, that is, like, a, that can be, like, embarrassing or whatever to, like, try and confront with yourself. But it's, like, worse if you don't, you know? Yeah. If you try, if you think you're ready and go into things, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny because with me, I always get, and I feel like I have to unlearn this. But when I feel like I've gone longer without sex than I want to, I'm like, oh. Oh my god, it's been like X amount of time. Like I need to, ha- I need to have sex. And I was definitely like, and that. it's weird, and that, and that's when I get, I get into that habit of, of spinning the block because not that I'm like, I'm scared to catch new bodies or whatever. I just like, it's easier to have sex with someone that you've already had sex with, especially if you're just doing it because you want to just like, you know, get some sexual action off your chest. But I had to unlearn that because I actually did spin the block, not recently, recently, but like recent enough. and you learned why not to spin the and block I, that man hmm. this is why i left taught me <laughs> that i will never spin the block again <laughs> and i don't want to say ever again but he will never see me again because absolutely the fuck not i you know what that can sound like however but i don't even think that's bad like what like like, remember why not to do this, you know? Yeah. It's almost like a reminder, like, yo, stay away from him, eh? Remember yeah. why he's, remember why we don't fuck with him? Yeah, and it, the thing is, it wasn't even from an emotional standpoint. It was like physically, like, it just was not, like, if I'm here to physically, you know, get a sexual release and you are not doing that for me, mm-hmm. it's more just like, bro, like, Zoe, why are you even doing this? Like, you're, you're literally just doing this because you haven't had sex in X amount of time and you think it's been too long, so you're just going to have sex to get it off your chest and get a nut or whatever. But to me, I finished, I'm like, bro, I'm like, this was not even worth spinning the block for. Mm-hmm. Like, why did I, why? I definitely, why I definitely had like so much of that in me, but never like, never. And I feel like a lot block. of women do that. They think like, oh my God, like it's been like so long since I had sex. It's been like, you know, a month or two months or whatever, whatever. And they're like, oh my God, like I need to have sex. And whether that's with a new person or spinning the block, it's like, Maybe it's just like a stigma that we've put into ourselves that we need to have sex every so often yeah. to keep up with. I think people it is. in general are like this because when I, t- I I've told I haven't told a lot of people this. Eh? Like well, now fuck, man! Like, I know, Jesus Christ! You get like thousands of people. So I know. Now you I know. I like sat down today, so I was like, "We're talking about it today." I'm like, Fuck. I mean, you gave me permission to bring it up. I, I did. I did. So now thousands of people are going to know that you're celibate. But when I tell this to men. They look at me like they don't want. They're they're like, oh shit, you okay, yeah. bro? Like, yeah, so I'm gonna you gonna do something? Like, you know, yeah. like they uh, they're like they're really like, yo, you should you should go have sex, bro. Like, do yeah. it, do it, do it for you. You know, like <laughs> do it for you. Get your nut off. Yeah, um, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I've accomplished a lot. <laughs> got a good. lot. I got a lot done when I wasn't having sex. Do you so. feel like more people should have a period of celibacy? Do you think it helps? Um, yeah. I definitely think it does, but like, like I kind of outlined. If you've been listening, I didn't like set out to do. I that. am listening. No, 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 listeners. Not you. I know you're listening. <laughs> okay. No, just yeah. 
how it could get like worse. Like I didn't just go, okay, I want to do a year without sex. Like it can't, it, I, it was a realization, you know? Um, and it just was something that I was kind of like, all right, let's, let's keep doing this. This is, I feel like I'm getting somewhere here mm-hmm. mentally, but <laughs> before we leave this topic too, or whatever, I don't know if there's more things you want to ask, but like <laughs> that girl was not used for a date to, you know, yeah, see if yeah. I'm still okay. It was someone I was genuinely interested in and talked for knew. a period of time. And then it was the date. It sucked because the date actually went real nice. Right. And it was like Nathan and Issa. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You just weren't ready. <laughs> I didn't cry, no. You didn't cry, I no. Didn't cry, but no. You just weren't ready. I wasn't to, vulnerable, though. But you realized you weren't ready to step into that realm of dating again. Yeah. And, you know, I. Uh, you asked me, like, you're like, how do you feel, like, now? Like, I think you asked me when I told you this, and I was like, yo, I could go another year. Like, <laughs> that's not, and I was kind of said that in jest, but I I do feel like there isn't, like, a limit. There isn't, like, okay, now I need to do this. Like, now mm-hmm. I, you know, it's kind of like, hey, whenever it happens, it happens. Um, With me, I always feel like, oh, like, now I need to, like, do. I also was, like, changing, like, in life. Like, I'd lived downtown for, like, the last, like, almost decade and like yeah you know uh switched up where i was living so it was a different yo when you live downtown and you don't live downtown anymore it is such a change in lifestyle man like yeah you, i don't know live that live yeah to you, it, right? it is it is a ch- i've done that where i lived um, downtown and i moved back to the suburbs it is it is a change of lifestyle i'm still adjusting it's beating my i'm really i just need to be <laughs> there yeah you know um but learned a lot about myself but they're I don't know. It's not the be all end all. There's still work to be done. You know, I can, uh, I still need to be better at a lot of things and it won't all come from celibacy. <laughs> so do you want your next sexual encounter to be? See, I don't think about it like that. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That. No, but ask the question. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like if, okay, ideally, if you were to think about it, would you, do you care how your next sexual encounter comes about? Like, do you, like some people are like, I want my next sexual encounter to be with the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with, or I want to come from a serious relationship, or I just, it's just maybe just something that's like, if it's a, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, no, I don't really have like Because some people literally think like, okay, I'm going to be celibate, and then the next person I have sex with is going to be It's going to be my that, man, yeah. It's a mental connection, yeah. you know what I mean? I need to have that, or you just don't have any expectations Well, I think I'm also, that's also why I'm like this way. I'm not the type of person, like, I need to like someone to have sex with them. I okay. can't just fuck like random strangers yeah i uh there definitely needs to be mental stimulation and like a connection in that sense and like like i i don't know i need to know you right (laughs) you know um i i think i've said it before on the podcast i don't really like casual sex sex isn't like a casual thing to me you know Mm. it's more of a i don't know i'm not gonna put a big three syllable yeah no i no i wouldn't say lovey-dovey either that's not quite the exact phrasing i'd put uh for that but uh you, you know. believe sex is uh, an exchange of energy. Why are you trying to put me in the Grand Rising <laughs> crew? Like, why, I'm not saying this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the middle, the, the, the middle Grand ground. Rising crew. Oh my fucking god! Like, it's an exchange, it's of, an exchange energies. of energies. Our chakras were merging together, and do we you, became. Uh, no, it's not do that. You have a ro- do you have a rose quartz under your duvet? No, no. I know I'm a scorpion. <laughs> Jesus Christ, though. <laughs> But anyways, that's interesting. Like I said, I've never actually met a man who has been celibate or has practiced celibacy, especially for that long. Oh, even that phrase, practice, I don't, like. No, celibacy is a practice. Is it? Yeah. 
it feels like something that just kind of happened because it was supposed to. It wasn't something that it was like. I mean, but it can be. A lot of people practice celibacy. Yeah, yeah, like, yes, okay, I'm not going to have sex for the next three months or whatever, or whatever. And or a year. You know what's crazy? Yeah, I told this to uh, the select few of male friends that I have that I felt I could be vulnerable with to tell them. And they were kind of like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then I would tell my woman friends. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were kind of like, oh, I've done that before. <laughs> Like, a lot of women express to me that they've had a period in their life like that. So, if any, I've, well, I, I don't know. It seems more common among women to practice celibacy than in that sense, yeah. right? At least in my experience with expressing this to people. Yeah, I mean, with me, I've never, I've definitely gone, like, long periods without sex. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I didn't really think of it that deep to it. It's like, oh, like, great, like, to you, you recognize that good things were happening and things started, like, you know, that's the thing. Whatever, and things yeah. started going to me, and like, it's just more like, oh, I just like haven't had sex since that person. Cause I haven't found anyone I want to have sex with, or whatever. So I don't know. I feel like it's different for everyone, mm -hmm. but it's interesting to hear it coming from a man. I'm just being honest, cause these niggas be fucking, <laughs> they be thotting and bopping. So it's interesting to hear <laughs> a man not clapping cheeks for 365 days plus. DM's about to go crazy. I, and they might. I'm I, They might. They might. You know, another thing too, like I also just, aside from the, you know, self-care, you know, being better at that, being better at vulnerability, I just want to be at a different place in life to be able to like have the relationship that I'd want to have, you know? Mm. What I'm saying is I need more money. Mm. You know, I want to provide a certain like, Nah, I, I want to have a type of relationship, you know, and be able to be there for my partner. However, how I, you know, I envision it a certain way and I just feel like I'm not there in life. Yeah. It's okay, also, I know guys who feel that way. Yeah, like I need to, I they need still to. still fucking though, see? Yeah, yeah, I guess, right? That's the difference. But I got to go get it, you know, before I feel like, all right, let's mm. actually endeavor in this seriously, you know, and look mm -hmm. for a partner. Mm. Got to get that bag first. Mm. I think, and I think more men should think have that notion a little bit more. Right. You got to be a little bit more, you got to have it all to get, not all, but you got to yeah. have a, it put together a little bit more before you make that big, before you shoot that half court shot, you know, yeah. to that girl that you want a wife, not the one that you, you know, just want to, you know, slap once or twice or make her your fuck buddy or something. The girl that you value, you know, that you want to have a relationship with. Yeah. You know? And I feel like men shut down very easily. And they close off very easily. Because even, like, um, a man that I was, like, involved with who I had, like, pretty strong feelings for, he was vulnerable with me a few times. The first time he was vulnerable with me, he was drunk, right? And he expressed some things to me that was happening with his life and whatever, whatever, and I was super receptive to it. And then I noticed, I'm like, bro, I'm like, why did he just tell me this now? After, like, you know, we've been talking forever long and this just came up because he was drunk, whatever. Yeah. And then sometimes he'll just, like, completely shut down. And things, and to me, it's like, yo, I look, to me, I was like, bro, like, I didn't know you were dealing with all this. And he's been dealing with it since before he even met me. So, like, I'm like, yo, this whole time you were just kind of just, like, masking all this shit that you had going on. So, it's weird. So, that I just realized, that like, when it came to him and when we had our period of time together, he would mask a lot of things. And then he would be super vulnerable. And then I can tell he was masking it again. So I think that's I, th I think some women need to recognize or just people in general need to recognize, that, especially when it comes to men. A lot of them put up crazy walls, crazy walls. And then, you, like I said, that's why me, I put a gunshot when you say it's easy to put up a wall. In, yeah. 
Niggas think they're the crazy, like they think they're so tough and smart because they can put up a wall. It's easy to do. It's easy to not tell people. Yeah. But it was weird how I, I learned that pattern just from like dealing with him. It's like, yeah, it's like he's vulnerable. So you're dealing with a lot of shit, but then he would be like super closed off sometimes. That was a good therapy moment. I think that was good therapy for you. I think you really checked yourself. Yeah. Are you nervous? I'm not nervous, no. Are you nervous to put this out and have people like come to, oh my God. A little bit, yeah. Are you? I'm not nervous. I'm just like, all right, this is going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? You might, be, you might be people's saviors. People, a lot of women or people might like really admire this. Why would... Why would what? How would it be? A, I, you know what? What? You no, know, it could be. It could be. No, I think women it. can definitely find this admirable. I don't know. I think it's a it's a nuanced kind of thing. You know, like there there aren't men doing this. So yeah, I think if there's anything I'd want people to get out of it, there's a lot you could learn about yourself and develop as a human being mm -hmm. by doing by practicing celibacy or just having a moment where you're single and you're not seeing anybody. You know, I don't think it necessarily needs to just be that. Like. Because, I don't know, because I did go on dates. I did in Endeavor. I did reply to a couple messages, but... <laughs> I replied to a couple messages, he said. Yeah, yeah you know, but... Uh. <laughs> okay. What else? What do you mean, what else? You, do you have anything else on your topic list? Do you? Not really. I think this is like a full circle therapy moment. Like I said, we're drinking red wine... You want to go off on that? You want to be like, ah, and Chris hasn't had sex and in a year? We'll see in you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking so. Putting me on the summer jam And screen. on that note, Chris oh, hasn't my, had no. sex in a year. So we are going to log off. No, I'm kidding. That's crazy. Not really kidding. That's crazy. But I mean, I am kidding. Not really. <laughs> no, she's not. She has nothing else written down. <laughs> The only thing I did have she written down. She came here at 9 p.m. just to talk about that. I didn't want to talk about anything else. Clyde, you haven't had sex in a year? What? All right. We, since we talked about that, I don't think we need to talk about anything else. We've got a big that influencer book for two weeks from now. That was so. number one on my topic list. I know it was. I could tell. It was your celibacy. I could tell. But I told you that, though. Because I brought up Travis Scott, and she's like, eh, no. You ain't uh, fucked. I mean, the Travis Scott thing, it's like. First of all, I don't know. It's kind of is what it is. Rest in, I always say rest in paradise. Yeah, yeah. Don't rest in paradise me. to all the souls that were lost. Because now that you brought it up, I feel like yeah. I definitely have to say that. But Absolutely. I don't want to ignore it. So obviously the, the the kids and the definitely kids that were there who are in the hospital and the kids that have passed away from that um, concert to me is absolutely insane. Yeah. I've actually spoken about it with family and friends. Um, I've had people have different reactions to it. Um, with me... So one thing about me is I don't, I personally, which I've told people I've talked this about, like off air, like my family and friends, I don't like festivals or artists that encourage like that, that jump around mosh pit type Rage. thing, whatever it is. I don't fucking like it. I've been to one concert when I was maybe like 17 and it was ASAP Ferg. Yeah. I forgot what, what it was a small venue downtown, whatever. And ASAP Ferg came to Toronto and I went there with my friend and it like ASAP Ferg was that like the hype rapper, like ASAP mob. They'd all come. They work. Would, they, yeah. Ferg, they yeah. would throw like ASAP Rocky came out and they would throw like water on people, like jump up and down. They would like maybe go on one side and the other side. They would run into the. I was pissed that entire concert. Yeah. I was pissed that entire concert. And that from that day, I was like, bro, I'm like, I will never go to one of those like festivals ever again. If I go to a concert, I want a seat. 
And even if I'm general admission, I don't want that like jumping yeah. jump because it 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 is super. You can be the most like calm person and like if even if you're I'm not a claustrophobic person, but I was I felt so uncomfortable and so anxious, like it was terrible. So I could only imagine how those people felt in that moment. It's terrible for anyone. Yeah, for absolutely anyone. So it's a type of person, though, like what you're describing, who likes it's who not, likes that stuff. It's and typical. To me it's, it's not like, normal. But I feel like you have to like it to a certain extent, right? I, I think Until I'm like that. Until it gets to the point where it's literally life or death. In effect, and unfortunately, a lot of these people ended in death. I, I've been to a Travis Scott concert. I went to see him at the Sound Academy. Now, you know, if we've got some seasoned listeners, you know, yeah. the Sound, Sound Academy, Academy in Toronto is what Rebel is now, right? Right. That's yeah. what. And when I tell you, I was on. I like. I was more in shape then even. Like I was yeah. like a you know still exactly what I am today and like I was in every spot on that venue. I got tossed around like I was a right. There was times where I felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah. I watched Antidote from the back because like I just knew like I couldn't deal with You like, couldn't deal with that that jumping. Crazy. I saw fans get on stage and Trav like made like a fan do a somersault into the crowd and I watched him land on this white girl and she was crying and had to get taken off after oh, I remember. Jesus. So like I'm not surprised that it got to that level um right. you know condolences to those families and everybody because that's it's a catastrophe it Things is like a that catastrophe and I've, had, I've spoken to some people where like even like my cousin i was speaking to him about it he's like honestly he was like it's unfortunate that those young lives were lost but he was like what is a 14 year old doing at a travis scott concert festival to that extent and to me i see both sides because like personally I mean, I so the youngest I went to a concert was I was ten, and I went to see Spice Girls, the Spice Girls reunion with my older cousin yeah. at the ACC or now Scotiabank Arena, whatever I still yeah. call ACC. Um, and that was my first concert ever. And then I went to OVO Fest when I was like sixteen, and I kept going to concerts and so on, right? But it's like to be, and even like I think a ten-year-old or a nine-year-old in the hospital right yeah, now, like ICU, apparently who got trampled. But it's like, why is your nine? Even though the nine-year-old's with you, why is your nine-year-old? at a Travis Scott concert. And mind you, this concert is not, maybe if your nine-year-old was at the, I still don't condone it, but it would make more sense if it was at like an arena with seats. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more safer in regards to like spacing, but it's like why, you knew it was gonna be like an outdoor festival where Travis Scott encourages that jumping, raging, mosh pit type of audience. Why would you think to bring your nine-year-old I like. You know, I was thinking about like this exact notion and I was thinking about my niece and she's like, you know, I, like two years old right now. And I was thinking how, you know, if she ever goes to a festival, I'm going to go with her yeah. unless she's like 18 or 19 yeah. you know, until she's of age, you know. And I'm just thinking, yo, that nine year old had his dad with him. He was on his dad's shoulders. But why? So like it just kind of I think it lets you know how big of a catastrophe that was that like, this this man passed out with his kid on his shoulders like it. It had to be super serious. You yeah, know? people were clearly acting a fool, like and really, really walling out. So, and that's the thing. I feel I feel like people do go to concerts to like lose humanity and behave mm. barbarically. You know, especially Certain concerts. Yeah, sorry, people who go to like those mosh pit, yeah, you know, yeah. rage, yeah. super yeah. angst type thing. And another thing people are talking about on Twitter is you know the certain type of crowd that you know is at these shows and the you know, demographic they belong to and stuff. The W's. Uh, I think so. That's what I've seen. I've seen people talk about 
it being. I'm talking about white people. Yeah, so I said yeah. W's. Yeah. <laughs> but some people made the comment that it's like, yeah, you know, white people, some white people who attend these concerts, you know, with like the drugs and the. That's what, you know, yeah, a whole, whole other part of story. the, of the but conversation. But to me, it's like, it's just unfortunate that someone that young. I personally, I would never bring my child or anyone, even my little cousins. It's I what would made never, me rethink it. I was like, I don't think I could like, even, I don't know if I could prevent something like that. If a catastrophe happened, even if I went with my niece. So I don't right. know if you're going to any festivals no. ever. It's know? funny. Cause even my, one of my cousins talking about what he has an eight year old. Yeah. And he was like, bro, he's like, she's never going to a concert without me until she's like of an appropriate age. He was yeah. like, I don't care if she's 15, 16. Like, yeah. Oh, you want to go to this concert? I'm coming with you. Yeah. You want your friends can come too, but I'm coming with you. And like nowadays, I don't blame parents now for because before, like I said, I was allowed to go. To, like I said, my first concert, my older cousin, she's ten years older than me, so I went with her. My second concert, I was like fifteen, sixteen. I went by myself, but I don't blame parents for wanting to go because people be on drugs at concerts. You know what I mean? Also, depending on the artist, yeah, they be on drugs. Sometimes catastrophic things happen at concerts. You know what I mean? People get assaulted. You get yeah. anxiety. You might pass out. All this stuff, but. I actually don't, especially with this new generation now, these like 2000, these Y2K kids are crazy. So I can only imagine. And then the pandemic too. I feel like people have been pent up and they would just want to go to these festivals. Yeah. Crazy, you know? It's so. just, it's unfortunate. And yeah. a lot of people are blaming Travis Scott. I think, I don't necessarily blame him for. He has responsibility <coughs> though. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for. Dude, like he's gonna stop the show, blah blah blah. Like I, because I don't know how much he knew. It's hard, also, because like from that perspective, you remember I've been on stages in my life where it's like Got not lights, yeah, yeah, not in front of thousands of people. But I used to be a competitive dancer, right? So I'd go to like big competitions in huge like theaters in front of hundreds of people. It's hard to make out the audience. It's hard as you don't know where your parents fuck. are sitting. It like. is hard as fuck to make out the audience when you're on a stage and the lights are on you and the music is blaring. It's hard as fuck to see. Right. So I can only imagine being on a stage that has like million dollar production, crazy lights, like all these cameras and having to see Charles Potts, not not to assume, but he's probably likely on drugs while he's performing. So, you know, I don't know necessarily if he would have seen what was happening. And like I said, that's not an excuse, especially if it's normal. If you usually see people right? pass out at your shows, and that's then not you wouldn't an excuse. But like I said, it, it might from his from his perspective, it might be hard to actually see what the hell is going on in each thing. I understand there were like, you know, um, like like uh, ambulances and, you know, flashing lights and like um, it's emergency lights going off. But like Marlon also made a good point And he said he was like Michael Jackson used to have emergency tents on site at his concerts because people used to be have people used to pass out when they saw michael jackson that they'd have to be rushed to like the emergency tents or put on gurneys and stuff like there's videos of michael jackson concerts people literally are on like gurneys screaming because they're passing out having anxiety attacks that's the thing even to that point though don't you think that we kind of especially with like someone like michael jackson don't you think we kind of glamorize that that it makes, the, art, it makes, it makes the, artist, the artist look godly you know right when really that's not safe it yeah. isn't good if you pass out at a show like that it isn't makes an the experience. artist look godly and i think when people talk about star power no one compares to michael jackson yeah. at all michael jackson could stand like i said he could stand outside his hotel room balcony and the streets would be flooded of people screaming, passing out, people jumping cry. off yeah, things, like, crying, them, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like people have, some people do have that weird complex where like they can't hold themselves together when it comes to celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
that was glamorized. Look how many videos there are of people passing out at Michael Jackson concerts, having to get carried out, having be on stretchers and gurneys and emergency tents and having hyperventilating. It, and then the people thought like, oh my God, Michael Jackson's a god because if you can have that much effect on people, he's one. He's known as probably the biggest celebrity of all time. Yeah. Right? Who had star power that nobody following him or maybe before him could even touch and the talent to support it and the yeah. talent to support it so i feel like a lot of but travis isn't michael jackson he isn't but i feel like a lot of artists coming up want that star power but we as consumers need to recognize yeah, this is good right. that that's not okay like yeah. as human beings we should not be put like endangering ourselves or and glamorizing the people glamorizing who do. Yeah, yeah this lifestyle of putting yourself in physical danger or putting your health in danger because you want to get close to another human being who's just fucking good at music it's weird it, but that's my view on that i agree with that i think that's something that i think that's the the conversation that's lost on people is like, yo, we, we, we've been glamorizing this. So maybe yeah. that's the conversation we need to be having. And um, I think it's very weird. Yeah. I, I agree too. It's extremely weird, unfortunately. And even with like summer Walker, like she, even though she just, she fantastic. Just, well done. Applause. She just dropped. <laughs> I, I, I said like, even with I, summer Walker has definitely made like statements about how uncomfortable she gets when people have that like reaction towards her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Summer Walker is a person who maybe doesn't like that star power. And like, she's super, like even in pictures, like when she's like, yeah. she's super uh, awkward. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't think she like, like basks in that having all those fans. That, even though she does have crazy fans. I'm a fan of Summer Walker. Her new project was excellent. Likewise, yeah, I like There's not a lot of people who have a sophomore album that's also a follow-up of their debut album that's just as good yeah that is really hard because that's why i feel bad because it's like oh you have to be great you have to you're yeah. so good at making music you yeah you have to be the star but you literally like it's a lot of people come out with a debut album boom right and it's a crazy album it's amazing then they have a follow-up album and it's like ah she didn't have that there and it was literally called still over it so it kind of gave that notion that it's a follow-up to the first or it's like a part two to the first and it was and just delivered, as yeah. good. It doesn't happen often. I, I can't think of anybody who had some crazy coming out party the way that she did and then delivered the second time around. Even people who had crazy sophomore efforts weren't like like Drake or something. You know, right, people yeah. didn't love take uh, thank me later the way that they love take care or something like that. Right. Take care. For me, take care was way better than thank me later. No, no. That's what I'm saying. People oh, yeah. kind of were underwhelmed with thank me later. And then it was like, oh, shit. When when take care came out. Yeah. When, yeah, usually it, it doesn't happen in that order. Yeah. Um, yeah, Summer Walker, tremendous performer. Um, and we should be let, we should let celebrities be human beings and have like, 100%. Have, let them have social anxiety. Because <laughs> they are, at the end of the day, they are just human beings who are just yeah. talented and we like to take in their content or their music or whatever. At the end of the day, they are literally just human beings. So it's really weird when the star power comes into play. But I mean, shout out Summer Walker and what she's done with her project. I think it's been great. Um, and I listened to it countless times. I think, she, like I said, she hit the nail on the head right again. And one thing that actually, to close this out, one thing that I will say is there's been a lot of mixed reviews on Sierra's Prayer. And if you've listened to the album, I don't Let's know if you it. have, but Sierra's Prayer is a last song on the album. I wouldn't even call it a song. It's literally a recording of Sierra praying for, basically praying for a man. 
right? And like guidance and to find a good man and, you know, to have a better life, all this stuff. So at first when I heard it, I was like, oh, yes, bitch. Yes, pray for your man, pray for strength, pray for, pray for God to guide you into love and light, blah, blah. But then I was like, wait, should we be praying for men? Like as women, if we're single, should we be like, should we genuinely be praying for a good man? Is that a practice that we should be having? Loaded questions though to end with, but <laughs> I think there's a lot. You don't of have to answer. I just, I, now I thought I'm like, I'm like, is this something that we, that we have to like, I don't want to say resort to, but like, do women now feel like, okay, I need to pray and manifest a good man? Well, I think like just to it's go weird, right? It, it's weird, but I, I, I think it's weird, but I kind of like get it because even as a man who does a podcast with another woman and we're speaking a lot about women's issues and stuff like that. And, you know, it'll kind of get expressed to me like, like, wow, like you're, you, you think that about that? Like, that's right. great. Most guys don't. Th I'm like, that's fucked up that most guys think that, you know? Mm. And it's, I think a lot of men who have the right idea, who have the right perspective, who aren't shitty people sometimes get that reaction they may get praised or, you know, get put on a pedestal or something for basic decency that I guess majority of men lack. Mm. And I think that's what can make a woman like Sierra, who had been with someone like Future, who right. ended up with a man like Russell Wilson, yeah. you know, look at a guy like Russell Wilson as like God sent when really but that's he's a good, a good man. That's what I'm saying. That's a good question now. Is there actually like, Cause now it's I'm saying like, men get praised for doing the bare minimum. Yes, but my that now that you say that, is there such thing as a good man or just a man that does things that he technically should be doing as a man, That's like a, taking care of your family, you know, being a loving person? It's is a good that question. is that a air quotations good man or, or is, is that just, just a, man? A, a man? I'd like to or a, a decent or a human being. I'd like to think that, but the evidence would show that it's exceptional. Because it's weird right? that we do this. is like, oh, my God, he's such a good man. But it's like, yeah, for sure. I 100% he has great qualities that we see, right? Obviously, they're not going to show us the bad stuff. But he has good qualities that we see. He's loving to Sierra. He's, he's all these great things. He's a great father. He's a great stepfather. He's an amazing husband. He's loving. He's supportive. He's a man of God. All this stuff. But is that... Is that a good man? Are we putting that at a pedestal now? Like, is that a good man? I heard just like, that's a man. That's yep. a human being. He's doing what a man should do for a woman who loves him. I think that's the question. Like, that's the conversation. I don't know how to answer it, you know? <laughs> and we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. Leave it and at that, not people, at me. People should maybe, like, you know, talk to us about that. I want to hear people's perspectives on, is there such thing as a good man or do we just say he's a good man because we're so accustomed to men, a lot of men being shit that when we see these good qualities, they're all of a sudden the best man or the good man or the, the exceptional man or the man that we pray for. I, th I think we need to put that on TikTok. Okay. I got you. I, I would like to know, is, is there such thing as a good man? Or is it just a man who's supposed to do what a man do that we expect a man to do? Because is it a good man or is it just men meeting our expectations as they should? Because meeting expectations shouldn't mean you're exceptional, right? Exactly. Or should it? 
I mean, you know, taking care of your family and being there for a woman who loves you. And, you know, I mean, that's just. I When I think about it, though, being what we just call a man, regular man, meaning you pay the bills or do all these things. That does sound like a, quite a feat, you know, right. being able to do all that. But I, mean, I don't know. I think it's maybe just a standard. Because then what makes raise, a right? good woman? <laughs> or is it just oh, like, you know, like just like a woman who's doing what she's supposed to do as a woman in a relationship? Like, do we just put good in front of it because they're doing things that a basic human being with who was raised well should be doing? That's just how bad people are in general. Mm. <laughs> when you do what you're supposed to, you get exactly. praised. Exactly. We'll, <clears throat> we'll leave it. <laughs> but we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that? All right, but... Yeah. How you feel? I feel great. Do you? Yeah. I feel like I got some shit off. I feel like I got a little bit deep. I feel like I expressed myself. This was a good, you know, one-on-one. So we ain't just talk shit the whole time. I think time. it's good for people to kind of get to know us as hosts a little I, bit better. I agree. And, you know, because we'll I think people react to it. There are people that take stake in that, clearly. You know, there are people that clearly, you know, like hearing about your life and hearing your stories and stuff mm. like that, too. So, um, and, I, you know. It's expressed to me too. It's like, oh, there's a guy with new ones of me and this stuff, you know? That's mm. so um we want to deliver that, you know? Yeah. The perspectives that that are important. Yeah. But with that being said, everyone like Zoe Mama, I go relentless. What up, Zoe? Relentless. What up, Zoe? Drake is a What? Drake. Stop! Drake is a relentless. Okay. I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave. But anyways, everyone, thank you for listening. I wish listening. the camera didn't turn off. For that. Fuck off. That was great. Everyone, thanks for listening. Um, we're gonna be wrapping up season two shortly, yeah. so you know, stay rocking with us till about close to the end of the year before we give out our finale. Mm. And you know, season three is coming, and appreciate everyone that things. listens, man. Y'all yeah, I mean, man. keep listening. Catch up Nation. if you're new. Catch up, you know, if you're. You listen every week. God bless you and thank you. Subscribe to our YouTube. Follow us on TikTok. Like I said, TikTok is the reason why we are booming. We literally blew up on TikTok. And like TikTok is like our biggest like followed platform, which I think is nuts. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. y'all like rock with TikTok. TikTok is like if you're a content creator, I think TikTok is like one of the biggest things that's going to help you blow your shit up. Well, they're saying Instagram's dying and TikTok is the new thing. Well, think about it. We had an Instagram account and a Twitter account before and a youtube and like you know it was growing but it, it kind of hit like a plateau but our tiktok literally like took off beyond people beyond our community people beyond yeah toronto. people beyond toronto people in the states different countries europe all that stuff so it's crazy to see how far we're reaching on tiktok so and as much as we talk shit we really appreciate that. yeah <laughs> you know, so it's crazy people who hit follow people who like and share like thank you like that i this means a lot to us and thank you for the doubters. Thank you for the haters. You really need to get that off your chest. No, I'm just thank you. Thank you for people who didn't think this would be something. Thank you for the people who thought it would be just to episode eight. And I don't know if this is, you know, I appreciate mm -hmm. y'all. You know, y'all y'all helped out. Y'all contributed. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> we'll be back in uh, two weeks. But thank you guys again and keep supporting. And reach out to us, you know, keep DMing Clyde since everyone loves him. And DM me. People, I get Later. DMs too, but you can DM me and comment on our TikTok and all that stuff. But it's and subscribe to our YouTube, you know. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate it. Relentless. What up, Zo? I hate that. Really? I'm starting to hate it. Why? It's Drake. <laughs> you love Drake. I 
dude, I'm starting to hate that. Is it because he's light skinned? Okay, we're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 